Be Wealthy and Smart, episode 424. into a world of wealth and financial freedom without budgets, boredom, or bosses on Be Wealthy and Smart. And now, here's your host, Linda P. Jones. Welcome to Be Wealthy and Smart. I'm Linda P. Jones, America's Wealth Mentor, empowering women and men worldwide to financial freedom. On today's show, we're going to talk about investments for late-stage economic cycles. As you know, I love talking about economic cycles and the fact that they do repeat and they can help us see a little bit into the future. They don't always come exactly on time and they don't always last exactly how long we think they will, but they can really guide us to where we are in the business cycle and perhaps help us see what's coming next. So when I saw this article in Investor's Business Daily, June 18th edition, I was really excited and I'm not going to share this whole article with you because it is quite long, but there were parts of the article that I thought were really tremendous. And then they gave three examples of investments that you could think about and consider to participate in a late stage economic cycle. So I'm going to share that with you too. This article was written by Nancy Gondo. And I'm starting a little bit into the article, but it says, Asset performance is often driven by cyclical factors tied to the state of the economy, such as corporate earnings, economic growth, interest rates, and inflation. The business cycle can be an important determinant of equity market returns and the performance of sectors, styles, and factors. Most economists agree we are in the late stage of an economic expansion. The economic indicators show the typical signs of a late cycle low employment rate, rising wages, and higher inflation and interest rates. In the meantime, corporate earnings growth accelerates and stock market valuations become more and more expensive. Although most business cycles follow a similar pattern, this time may be slightly different. I wanna pause here for a moment because each time in the business cycle, it is slightly different. There are different circumstances going in, there's certain things going on, and there's different reasons why things are the way they are. In our case, we had interest rates held down low nearly to zero for many years after the Great Recession of 2008. So we see that we have had a long recovery now, and this recovery is actually going on longer than most recoveries do. And that's why we have many different market analysts concerned about is the bull market going to end or is it going to continue? In my opinion, I'd really like to see a sharper pullback because we are overdue for a 20% or better correction. The market does that from time to time to take some of the steam out of it. And frankly, you have to have a wall of worry in order to have a bull market. That means if people are overconfident that the market's going to go up, it usually doesn't. And when people are scared to death that it's going to go down, it usually goes up. And it's that crazy contrarian thinking that's required when you're an investor that 
helps you to see where we are and what's going on. Because if you're not afraid that the market's going to drop, that means there's complacency. And that means there's a better chance that the market will drop. But once you have that bigger pullback and people get scared again and realize there is real risk in the market and you can have a 20, 30, 40% drop in the market, then they get nervous and scared. And actually that's what will allow the market to continue to go up again. You need that fear and that worry in order to have a bull market. Crazy as that sounds, that's how it's always worked. And I've been an investor for many, many years now. And I've always found that to be true. Let's continue on with the article. It says, it is possible the current economic growth can extend beyond the normal length of the expansion cycle, and in response, the stock market may keep reaching new highs. Against the backdrop of positive economic momentum, corporate earnings have been strong over the past year. Among companies in the S&P 500 index, 78% beat earnings estimates, and 77% topped sales estimates in the first quarter. The percentage of earnings per share surprises marks the highest number since the third quarter of 2008, according to FactSet. The blended earnings growth rate for the S&P 500 is 24.6%, the highest rate since Q3 2010. Just wanna pause there and say, wow, to have an earnings growth rate at 24.6%, that is amazing. And considering these are already very large companies, that's outstanding earnings. Some of that, I imagine, is due to reduced taxes that they have. And some of that is also due to share buyback programs that they have. If you have fewer shares to divide your earnings over, of course your earnings are going to look better. And also, if you're paying less taxes, your earnings are going to look better. So I think both of those are contributors to those spectacular earnings. The article goes on to another section. It calls three sector themes. And it says, from a sector perspective, we wanna be positioned for three general themes in the current late cycle, continued economic and earnings growth, a modest reflation trade that may arise from higher inflation and interest rates, expansionary fiscal policy and protectionist trade policies. Specifically, we will be carefully watching three ETFs that may benefit from those general themes. And now it's going to give you its three suggestions of ETFs that you might consider. Again, this is from Investors Business Daily and not my opinion or a suggestion of mine for you to purchase it, but their suggestion. The first is called iShares Edge MSCI USA Momentum Factor, and the symbol is M-T-U-M. This ETF tracks the performance of large and mid-cap U.S. stocks exhibiting strong 6- and 12-month price appreciation and low 3-year volatility. Research has shown momentum strategies outperform the markets in the long run, especially in the late cycle when market trends are well established. We believe the current economic expansion could last longer than normal. Therefore, Momentum strategies should continue benefiting from strong price trends aided by solid economic growth and corporate earnings. Right now, the stocks in MTUM are mainly from the cyclical sectors like technology, financials, industrials, and consumer discretionary, which normally outperform during economic expansion as investors favor growth companies. Their second 
suggestion is the Spider Energy Select Sector, symbol XLE. And it says, this ETF tracks a market cap weighted index of large U.S. energy companies. Energy is a typical late cycle sector play and a reflection trade. As the economy is running close to full capacity late in the cycle, demand for energy and other materials could rise and inflation pressures can mount. Oil prices have been recovering slowly in the last two years, recently reaching $70 a barrel. As a result, energy companies have had the most impressive earnings growth among all the sectors. According to FactSet, energy sector earnings grew by 96.5% in the first quarter of 2018 compared with the first quarter of 2017. Supportive oil prices and strong earnings are likely to help the energy sector maintain its outperformance for the rest of 2018. Furthermore, the energy sector offers a hedge against inflation, as well as potentially rising geopolitical risk, which could lead to a spike in oil prices. And its third suggestion is the iShares Russell 2000, symbol IWM. This ETF tracks the Russell 2000 small cap index. Small cap companies are not typical late cycle plays, but recent economic policies have made them more attractive. Lower corporate tax rates will help reduce the tax burden more for small cap companies because it is hard for small firms to take advantage of certain tax shelters that large multinationals have enjoyed. And with the implementation of tariffs and other protectionism trade policies, small caps, which typically only serve the domestic market, could experience increased demand for their goods and services. Additionally, current valuation of the small cap firms on a price-to-book and price-to-sales basis are more attractive than large cap companies. End of article. Well, I thought that was very interesting. And again, the economy moves in cycles and we are in that late stage economic cycle that has gone on a little bit longer than normal. When we talk about the business cycle, people generally think about four parts of the cycle. The boom part where everything's booming like crazy, the bust part where the bubble pops, then we go into a recession part three, and then the recovery part four. Right now, a lot of people are seeing signs of the boom and expecting some kind of a sharper pullback or maybe signs of a bust before a recession. We have a flattening yield curve and almost an inverting yield curve, which can signify that when these shorter rates are higher than longer term rates, it can be signaling a recession coming. We also have a lot of real estate markets booming like crazy. And while we are seeing the high end market start to suffer and slow down, such as in New York City, the multi-million dollar high-end market is slower and taking almost a year to sell some of those properties now that used to sell in a month or two months. We're still seeing very solid housing markets, particularly in areas with a lot of jobs, a lot of high-paying jobs, such as in technology, and those areas seem to still be strong. In addition, people are buying now that they think rates are going to go up more, so they're trying to lock in a loan a little bit less expensively, and they're encouraged to buy now before rates go up higher. Indeed, the Fed just did raise rates another quarter of a percent last week, and we are anticipating two more rate hikes this year for another half a percent increase in interest rates. The current mortgage rate is around 4.66% for a 30-year mortgage, fixed rate mortgage, 
And so it is still very attractive for people to buy homes. The problem is a lot of housing prices have gone up so high that they're getting out of reach of people's affordability. And so that's why we think that there are lots of signs that we are late in the stage of this economic cycle. So I hope that gave you some suggestions to think about and some strategies that you might consider for your portfolio. If you haven't yet subscribed to Be Wealthy and Smart, please hit the subscribe button. I'd be honored to have you as a subscriber and you'll be notified as soon as my new podcasts are available. And if we haven't connected on Instagram or Facebook, I am putting daily tips on Instagram so that you can get a little bit more and get your daily wealth tip and ways that you can get to financial freedom faster. That's at Instagram.com forward slash Linda P. Jones. That's all for today. Until next time, live the good life and be wealthy and smart. Thank you for listening to Be Wealthy and Smart with Linda P. Jones. Share the wealth and tell your family and friends about the show. Check out our website, blog, and social media for more riches at www.bewealthyandsmart.com.